0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It is your favorite podcast to Mark Couture with your favorite podcast, Making a Cut. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks again for listening uh, to my podcast and sharing and, and everything that you do. Uh, as always, you know where you can find me. My link is going to be on my Facebook. And of course, anywhere that you get your podcast, you can find me, especially on Spotify, uh, you could just go to Spotify and click follow, and it's going to alert you when my next episode is. You know, I tend to do every Sunday, uh, but right now it's, it's looking like every other Sunday. It is off-season, but we are jumping off into it. But before we say that, man, good grief is hot. I am sweating sitting here talking and doing the podcast. It's unreal. Under AC, and I'm still sweating. It is unreal. I don't know which one of y'all upset God or which one of y'all tempted Satan to come walk around and his underwear, in Louisiana, Uh, but y'all can go ahead and put that genie back in the bottle because it's daggone—it's like it's hotter than Louisiana hot right now, and I'm just kind of—I'm sweating in the AC. It's kind of—that's how hot it is. But as I was saying, it is—it is off season, but we are so also jumping back off into football season. That's right. There was a football game or something. And the resemblance of a football game this past week—it was a Hall of Fame game. Uh, you know, there was a time where the Hall of Fame game was something that was kind of exciting, and you were just finally happy to be able to see some type of football. And uh, it's lost a lot of its luster. And I think even the NFL realized that it's lost its luster and it stuck two teams on there that even the two fan bases do not want to see, and that would be the Jets and the Browns. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know there's two; those are two storied. Fan base is there, but let's be honest—they uh, don't really watch them either. So, I mean, they—they'll go. You got the dog pound there in Cleveland, and you got the die-hard Cleveland flan, fans, whatnot, and the Jets fans are are, are almost as fair-weather as as uh, as Atlanta fans. But you know, it, it's you know they're up and down. I will say this: it was an opportunity for the media to talk about their new darling. Uh, because Tom Brady is not there, Aaron Rodgers and, uh, and talk about him the whole time even though he wasn't playing in the game and also use that same time to talk about how, how horrible Zach Wilson is. Now I will give you this. I will give him this. Um, Zach Wilson is not that great and I, it, those of you who have followed me for a while or known me for a while uh, notice that I said uh, know that I said that it was going to be a mistake for them to take him in the first round. Even if you let him slip down to the second round and you take him in the second round, uh, it, it may have been a little too risky for a New York team. Uh, that would be like him going to Dallas. It, you know, it's, it's just too much. He needed to be on, on on a team to where he can have the opportunity to develop, become uh, a little less raw, etc. But the, they're pretty hard on you, boy, uh, up there in New York and all over the media. Uh, and uh, honestly, the, the funny part about that is that they were more support more supportive of Butt Fumble. And those of you who are too young to know who Butt Fumble is—that's Mark Santris, uh who really was not a good quarterback. He wasn't even good in college, man. He wasn't good at at USC. He just had a big. He was good in high school, and anyway, anyway. But they surrounded that guy and backed that guy more than they did Zach Wilson for sure. And uh, it's. It, the funny part about it is, once uh, Discount Double Check retires for good in two years, maybe next year even, um, they're going to be with Zach Wilson and it might be their best option, honestly. So, anyway, the media needs to back off of it. Um, so, today's Sports Sunday, I know I was just rambling on there for a moment. Today's Sports Sunday is pretty simple, but I did want to talk about conference realignment. And I, I was laughing at myself when I was getting ready, laughing within myself, I should say. When I was getting ready to record this one because, man, it, it was it's a couple of things. Now, and, and I've been saying this for a little while now, that ESPN has become so woke. And it's, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's so much race baiting, et cetera, all that different woke nonsense. And I'm anti-woke in every form and fashion. And I, I will say this, and I always say keep politics out of sports. What I'll say about this before I get into the conference realignment and what I wanted to talk about in conference realignment is probably something that needs to be said, but also it's an opportunity for me to say that it is my podcast. If you don't agree with it, I do apologize. I understand we live in a, in a time that everybody's ultra, super sensitive and ready to be offended and jump off on everything. So I will try to cover the basis and I will try to ensure my support on the areas that need to be supported. So... Uh, in saying that, this, this whole nonsense of the narrative of ESPN and all their woke-isms, it's, it's, I mean, it's, the funny part about it is that uh, it's turned a lot of people off. A lot of people who are huge sports fans will go somewhere else to get their sports, whether it is podcasts, a simple podcast like mine, whether it's going to Bleacher Report or other play, places that are not uh, funded by the establishment who are bringing division. Uh, but when you look at it, man, it's 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 wild and it's crazy in the sense of what, what you're looking at. And, and, and so many people have gotten sick of it. And uh, I mean, they, the, the topics that they talk about all the time, I'm going to hit on a little bit of it just for a moment. I promise this is not all of my episode. But I did want to hit on this just because I, I know many people who are listening are like-minded to, as, as me as well. And, and, and in the right thought process with it, meaning well by it. Uh, and so I'll say this. So it, the first part that I'm going to talk about, I mean, I'm going to reiterate, or I'm going to uh, circle it around to what I'm going to talk about, which is the conference realignment, because that was what really talked, you know, stuck out to me this week to talk about. Is uh, of course, as you know, the Pac-12 is almost no more. Uh, they may end up uh, merging with the Midwest, Midwest Midwestern Conference, which. They'll just become the Pac-12 because Pac-12 has more media rights, even though they don't have much at all uh, for what they've done last week in the last few years, but the, more than what the Midwest Conference has. So you, you have that there. But what I will say about this is if you watch, if, even if you paid attention at any point, or even if you looked at some of your bleacher report, ESPN alerts on your phone, etc., or if you're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or X, Uh, Or any of the uh, like TikTok, what any of the like, you see this stuff all the time, and you could already see the narrative from ESPN with (laughs) with the conference realignments happening. You could already see Kendrick Perkins going on up there. Well, these people, these teams are leaving the Pac-12 because they're racist, and you could see, or you could have it going the other way. They're leaving the Pac-12 because their Pac-12 is racist, Uh, and they're going on over to. Uh, the Big Ten and the Big Twelve because of white privilege. You can see this nonsense. And, and it's just ridiculousness that these people get to say these things. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. They haven't said this yet. They've said stuff that's completely on this narrative. And I was just creating a scenario in my mind because uh, these narcissistic woke people come up, create ideas and narratives all the time. So I wanted to kind of cr- create one and go along with them as well. But I created a, a scenario in my mind where you can see Kendrick Perkins tweets out, that the Pac-12 is racist, and that's the reason why these teams leave. And then Stephen A. Smith has a tweet that's subtweeted by LeBron saying that they left because the Pac-12 is racist and they're going to the white privilege conferences. So uh, anyway, not to beat a dead horse here, but you understand what I'm saying. Like when you listen to these fools, when you listen to these these guys that are on there, that they're only – I mean, Screaming A. Smith – Kendrick Perkins, and then, of course, everything that LeBron says has to go. Uh, it, it, you know, it has to be brought up. Oh, he tied his shoe this morning. Well, we've got to talk about LeBron t- tying his shoe. Have you noticed that even during uh, baseball season, the middle of baseball season, and in the height of certain parts of football getting kicked off, a bunch of news happening with that, and NBA has already passed its finals, that all that ESPN has really talked about is NBA. It's because LeBron runs it all and because LeBron is paid to be a race baiter, everybody that's still there is race baiters, and they do these types of things. Uh, you notice that they had a ton of layoffs. I mentioned that before uh, not too long ago, but the ones that they laid off were not the race baiters, which is kind of crazy. They left people like Screaming A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins, who are extremely blatantly racist, and uh, who are race baiters, stay there, which is really weird to me, but it is what it is. It's their sinking ship. They want to they want to take it down with the captain. That's it, it is. The other end on the on the woke isms that I wanted to say, and let me say this. Two other things with that, uh, with, with with the woke isms that I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'm all about women's sports. I support women's sports. I love women's softball, women's volleyball, women's basketball, women's soccer. I would probably watch women's soccer before I watch men's soccer. It's just honestly because going back in my time, Mia Hamm... ham and uh, Team USA won the gold medal. Uh, what's her name ripping her shirt off on the middle of the field. We were all watching that. We weren't watching the men's team because the men's team couldn't do anything. They were junk at the point. That may have been even pretty decent, but I don't remember them. I remember the women being awesome. And so we're, we're all about that. So let me say this one thing first. I am completely against the woke part of men being in, in female sports. And if you have a problem with that, I, I understand that you have a problem with that. But I will say this. To me, in a in an era where they're talking about toxic masculinity, I find that there's not a greater sign of the real, true toxic masculinity than a man playing in women's sports, whether it be basketball, whether it be swimming, whether it be cycling, whether it be boxing, and MMA. Like you are you are literally a man beating up on women, and because you want to use, it's just toxic masculinity. I don't care what. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not apologizing for that. I am apologizing that if you find an opportunity to be offended, that you're offended. But I'm not apologizing for being true and, and telling the truth and being real here. Let's be honest. That's the true definition of toxic masculinity, that a guy is going to go jump in with women because he can't go there with men. It is what it is. The other part is, you notice I was talking about the women's national uh, soccer team uh, Earlier in the week or, or late last week, I can't remember what it was, they had a zero-zero tie so they kept from being eliminated. And then just yesterday they were eliminated and they were eliminated faster than they ever were before. And uh, and I remember I wanted to joke on Facebook but I know on Facebook you can't do that because then you get labeled something that you're not because uh, those who are actually horrible persons will do that type of stuff uh, because they just like to scream and yell. But I, I wanted to say I was upset, and I, no, don't get me wrong. I'm playing when I say the second part, but the first part is is legitimately true. Like, I really wanted them to win. That they, they, they represent our nation. So yes, anytime there's a USA team playing somewhere, I want them. Although I don't agree with all of the politics that they have, and some of the women like the Megan chick or whatnot, uh, I think she's caused a lot of division, not only in the country, but also on her own team there, which is, Pretty much the reason why they lost yesterday, as early as they've ever have in in any of their tournaments. Which so, and uh, but you know, I, I was joking saying, well, great, they lost. Now I got to hear about how it's men's fault, men's oppression is the reason why they lost, and they're not getting paid as much as the men because they don't bring in enough revenue, and that's the reason why they lost, as opposed to their actual play causing them not to win. Uh, So if you follow with me, I laughed about it within myself. I didn't deliver it the way that I wanted to, but I was just thinking like, oh, great. Here we go. I'm going to get blamed. All men are going to get blamed because the U.S. US women's national soccer team lost, and they lost sooner than they ever did. Obviously, it's men's fault. Obviously, it's because they don't get paid as much as men. Men's soccer players, even though they don't bring enough uh, uh, as much revenue, obviously that's the reason why, right? So, anyway, I'll jump off that soapbox. That's enough of correcting the wokeisms there. But I will say this with the conference realignment, I have a feeling, and I just was thinking about this if you got to play one of the last NCAAs that they had on PS3, etc., during that time you had an opportunity to change conferences and create super conferences. And, and y'all heard me talk before. Uh, I actually, I think it may have been last summer when we were talking about Texas and, uh, Oklahoma coming to LSU still. And, and it may have been even after I talked about UCLA and, and USC going to the big 10. Um, you know, I, I talked about ultimately the big plan is to have two huge conferences. You have a North and a South is what they're looking at. And you're looking at about 50 teams in there. Um, honestly that's that's the big grand scheme of it and you could see that happening uh with the dissolving of the pac-12 ultimately uh, you could see that coming together further and faster and the, what i say with that and you can follow along with me you can write this down or you can listen to it rewind it a few times and catch it you could see these things and so part of the part of the pac-12 went on over to the big 10 which is the northeast which is you know ohio state michigan and minnesota penn state And Indiana and Maryland, all on that side. And so you go all the way to the other side of the country on the western coast over there, and you get those teams. And then, so you, and and also, you just saw Colorado and uh, Deion Sanders and all his nonsense leaving the Pac 12 as well, first uh, going to the Big 12. And then, immediately after all those other ones, now you have Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State going to the Big 12. And so you have this influx of movement, okay? And you see already the big, the Pac-12 is pretty much non-existent, let's be honest. There was a lot of fear that for, for those in the Big 12 country that when Texas and Oklahoma was leaving uh, that it was going to be the end of the Big 12. And, of course, they brought in teams that were not uh, big names, big tiers, big blue bloods, etc. They brought in, you know, like UCF and Houston and, uh, and you know, a couple other small schools like that. And so you're like, I don't know how this is going to work. This is not really helping them out. But when you start moving in these, bringing in Colorado, who was there for years, won a national title when they were in the Big Twelve. You're bringing in Arizona and Arizona State, which have uh, are a big, huge move from the Pac-12. That's already a step up from some of the competition that you had there in the Big Twelve. Bringing in Utah, who's been, who's fluctuated with the top ten, uh, flirted with the top ten the last few years, and has been a really good team. They were a big team even when before they moved over to the to the pac 12. Uh, and so you, you immediately already become stronger there, even though you lost your two biggest names in Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, and then you look at the pac 12, I'm I'm sorry, the big 10 and they're bringing their schools in. And let me, let me break this down to you in the numbers for a second. The funny part about the names of these conferences, I've laughed about it for a while because it hasn't been that way in a while, but, uh, you have the names, you have the pac 12, which now has four teams. Uh, or two teams, four teams, because of some teams coming in. Uh, Then you have the Big 12, which has 16 teams. Get it, 12, the Big 12, but they have 16 teams. And then you have the Big 10, who has 18 teams. So you could see how it's building towards and merging a little bit more and more. They're inching it, and it's not really inching. It's really like foot by foot by foot. We're already making these moves to get closer and closer because with Texas and Oklahoma moving, and then other uh, teams moving conferences as quickly as they have, it wasn't like when Texas A&M and Missouri moved and came to uh, to the SEC. It was a ten-year, ten to twelve-year span before other teams started realigning the conferences for real. Uh, uh, you know that made major impact like that. Uh, and now you having it. You Texas Oklahoma started it, and then you have USC and UCLA, etc. But you could see it. And you have some ACC teams, which ACC has gotten better. It's not just Clemson, and that may have been because Clemson is not as good as they were. Um, honestly, let's, let's just be truthful that Clemson is not the powerhouse that they were. They're still very good. And it may that may be the reason why the other teams in the conference are get, seem to be better. But at the same time, other teams have gotten better in that conference. And so you have a semi-more powerful conference there than what you had before because it was literally— excuse me literally just clemson and clemson going those years going to the national title game was literally a cakewalk i mean ohio state was the only team in the nation who had a an easier cakewalk than clemson to get into the national title contention so uh, and, and listen don't hate on me that is that exactly true i know there's a lot of people that say that the sec and alabama i'm sorry go look at the teams that those those guys have played it's just they they have it's it's like listening to some of these woke people they they do something and they blame you for doing it it's just absolutely ridiculousness okay anyway follow back with me here uh so you could see how the super conference is going and i could already see um the big 12 later on uh, merging with the with the sec and i also could see the acc merging with uh, the big 10 and then you have your two major conferences and then that's really about it, and you're going to have to make a subdivision for all those teams because that's going to leave you about 50 teams total, which which is what they wanted in a limit anyway. I'm telling you this, uh, it, and what that does is it's going to knock out a ton of teams because out of 100 and what 31, 32 teams in the FBS system right now, uh, that you got a ton of teams. You're going to have a whole nother division there, and it's just not going to fall the same way. It's it's not it's not. Uh, boating that way for them. But I will say this, part of this is, and if you're if you're a college football fan, you love the pageantry, you love uh, the experience, you love you know, the rivalries, you love all of this stuff, and you love to be able to have our conferences better than you. You love all of that stuff, man. It, it's just part of college football. Uh, and a lot's changing, don't get me wrong. A lot's changing, a lot's changing quick. It's kind of like America's changed so much so quickly. It's really true, right? Um, you can see all this changing and it's changing probably quicker than a lot of people want to change, I, j- I just gave you some examples of that, but when you look at it some of it is actually kind of exciting uh, you know, when, when I think a, even if the Pac-12 would have stayed I think a move for Colorado back to the back of Big 12 was a smart move for them, even if Texas and Oklahoma would have been there, although Texas was a, a money whore there, and excuse me, children Uh, It was money whore there, which meant that was the reason why everybody was leaving the Big 12 because all of the money wasn't spread up separately. It was only going to Texas. Uh, Pretty much only to Texas and then just bare minimum to everybody else. And That was the reason why teams wanted out of there. Uh, But it was was smarter for them to be there because it was more competitive. It was easier for the recruiting there. I will say this. uh, Nebraska, when they moved as well from the Big 12, they did it for the same thing because all four of those teams, Nebraska, uh, Colorado, Missouri, and Texas A&M all left the Big 12 at the same time. Uh, and they were looking for greener pastures. They were looking for more money. But two of the schools were never the same again, and that was Colorado and Nebraska. I mean, Colorado had its opportunity earlier, uh, early 90s, mid-90s, I believe it was, when they won a national title. You had uh, Nebraska was a powerhouse forever, man. And But, you know, when you move to those different conferences, and it just, the recruiting cycle, the the, the name uh, brands, etc. it just wasn't working for them. And so a move for Colorado back to the Big 12 was a huge, smart thing. And if I'm, if I'm on the board for Nebraska, I'm moving back to the Big 12 too. Because you could stay in the Big 10 and you might can get a good decent portion of the equal contracts that they're getting up there with the media rights pack- packages. But you're you've been severely irrelevant since you've been in the Big Ten. Uh, it, what good is it that you're getting those media rights there but you're, you're not a contender whatsoever? And the reason why I say that is because if you don't become a contender pretty soon, as you can see the way that the college football landscape is rolling, you will be obsolete. You won't be part of the top 50 teams in those two conferences. You better get it together and get to moving. So I could see some other... I actually uh, spoke to Deke earlier this week. Uh, shout out, Deke. Thanks for, for hitting me up, dude. Because um, we were talking about this conference realignment, I could see a lot of stuff happening prior to that, uh, that movement there. And I could see the SEC teams, SEC conference uh, looking to making more moves from other teams, too. I could see other people and other, other teams and other conferences making some moves to try to get out, to try to get into those power conferences, get some of the money grab, et cetera. Uh, like I could see Clemson possibly making a move. I could see, you know, Deke and I were talking about it. What does the SEC do? now because now the Big Ten has the area that they had up there in the Big Ten area and now they have the Pac Twelve area. They have the West Coast, the East Coast, the Northeast, they they have that area. And uh central north north central. And they they've done that and expanded their market, their 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 name all across the board. And so that was the reason why the SEC was expanding the way it was. And so we were talking about it and we're saying well where do you see them expanding now? And uh, and the funny part about this is, uh, this has been spoken about before in different areas. And what you run into is, the situation is, you wanna be able to do kinda of like the the, uh, the Big Ten just did. You wanna get into a market that you're not already in. Uh, it, that was the reason why you did take on the big name in Texas, which meant you got the biggest name in Texas, even though you already had A&M. And you brought on Oklahoma, which was the biggest name there. So you're in that state as well, right? And so that was the reason why they they expanded the way that they did. That's why they took on those two huge names. And so you looked at different areas and be able to pull from different conferences, and and, and you're you're looking at areas that you're not at right now. Because, listen, if you break it down, you're already in South Carolina, and you have South Carolina in the Gamecocks. Clemson is there, but you're already there in that market. So there's no huge need to be able to push to bring – a team like Clemson in, So you're already in Florida, so there's not a huge need to push for names of Florida State and Miami to come in. Even though Miami had a great name back in the day, they haven't been the same since they fell off. Uh, Florida State is kind of coming back up on the come up. But they're not quite the same team that they were yet in, in, in their heyday either, right? Even though they're getting back back, uh, back up there, and, the, and really they were one of the last two teams that won a national title, three teams that won a national title uh, outside of the SEC, in almost 20 years now, so yeah, yeah, give them that. But you, Florida State uh, turned down an opportunity to join the, the SEC back when they had an opportunity to, because they were afraid they weren't going to win. They found they had an easier chance to win in the, in the ACC. This it's God's honest truth. That's written. That's written history. That's not me creating stuff. That's me. That's not me uh, building up the ACC. That's le- le- legit truth. Anyway, so. You 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 can look that up for yourself. That's there. Uh, that part of history hasn't been erased yet. Uh, and when, when so you you begin to look at other areas, and so you look at, let's say we're not nobody's really in the Virginias right and, uh, now. West Virginia is with the Big Twelve, which is a really big long drive. I could see them moving back to the ACC or even to the SEC. I don't see them really moving to the ACC. They also could even move to. Uh, they also can move to the Big Ten. I can see the Big Ten moving, and that would be a smarter move for them than the Big 12, honestly. Uh, and I'm just giving, you, just spitting out stuff of movement that can happen before long and some of the conversations that I've already had in all of the big areas. Uh, so you look over that area, and you look at Virginia, and you have the Virginia Cavaliers, and you have the Virginia Tech Hokies. But here's the thing about that. You're not going to get one without the other. Both of them have to go. It's not you, You're probably never going to have another situation, uh, let's be honest, you are probably never have another situation where you have an Iowa and the Big Ten and an Iowa State and the Big 12. It's just probably never going to happen like that again. There's a possibility it could, but I just don't see it happening. So you're most likely going to have to take both of those teams. And let's be honest, what kind of a draw is that? Now you might get over there for recruiting, but is it really a draw? Because when you look at the SEC, you're already in Florida, you're already in Alabama, you're already in Missouri. You're already in Georgia. You're already in Mississippi. You're already in Arkansas. You're already in Tennessee. So you need to find other areas, right? The only other area that I could see there, because like I said, we were talking about a moment ago, you're in South Carolina. You could look at going into North Carolina. Well, the Tar Heels are actually a really good team this year, right? And They've been pretty decent since Mack Brown has come back, and they've had some, some spurts where they've been pretty good. Uh, you know not great but pretty good and you could say well yeah let's get them here's another thing about them just like with with uh, the Virginia schools you're not going to now you can get North Carolina without Wake Forest which is also on Tobacco Road you can get North Carolina without North Carolina State that is a situation where you can have an Iowa-Iowa State North Carolina-North Carolina State that would be the only other time that you could do that And the reason why is because you're not going to get North Carolina without Duke, one of the greatest rivalries in all of sports. You're not going to have them outside of conference with one another. You're just not. So whatever conference takes them on, if they do take them on, if they both leave the ACC or somebody pulls them away from the ACC, is going to have to get both of them, and the other ones get the remnants, which would be Wake Forest, North Carolina, right? Just it is what it is. So you can see all this moving, and I, I know it seems like I'm doing a lot of rambling, but if you follow with me, you can understand what I, where I'm going at with this on, on the college football landscape. Some of you, it's happening too fast, and it's understandable, which in some ways, let's be honest, it really is happening too fast. Some of it just don't make any sense. But as with the NCAA, NCAA uh, the hypocrites that they are, the majority of it doesn't make sense anyway. It just doesn't. I mean, that kind of started when <laughs> when San Diego State was going to make the move and become a part of a conference. Don't get me wrong, now they're going to the Pac-12. But San Diego State was going to go across all the way across the country become a part of what was then the Big East. I mean, you can't get much further west and get much further east. I mean, could you imagine every away game for them is – it's got to be heck, man. You, you would be expected to lose every, every away game. It's just, it is what it is. But you could also understand this in some tokens. You, you have your two major conferences, and let's be honest, the two major conferences really are the Big Ten and the Big 12. And uh, it's, that's they're looking to expand their markets. I'm sorry, not the Big Ten and the Big 12. The Big Ten and the SEC, I'm sorry I misspoke there. Uh, the Big 12 is doing their best to be able to stay alive. They're doing a lot better than the Pac-12, obviously, and they might be doing better than ACC, right? And and when you begin to look at it, but as of right now, you have a power four, you have power four conferences, you have a group of six. It's really what you have right now. And so I'm excited to see how it's all gonna unfold for the next couple years before we have another scramble up. And uh, I'm saying the next couple years, maybe it's gonna be the next couple years, maybe it's just everything just starts happening so drastically. Just everything gets scrambled like a kid playing PlayStation or Xbox who can't make up their mind because that's what it seems like so many times now Uh, All this money being thrown around etc. It's that's the cause of all of it You know that if you've been around sports or if you paid attention to sports whatsoever, that's where it happens Also going to the Megan chick and the women's soccer team She gets all that she gets more money for saying the stuff that she says as opposed to actually playing on the field You follow the money. That's the way that everything goes now. Everybody follows the money. That's the way that it goes. So anyway, that's my little short talk. I'm sorry, I took 30 minutes. Didn't even realize it because I went off on a tangent about the wokeisms there for a moment. I couldn't couldn't hold that back in anymore. Uh, But I did want to talk about the conference realignments. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, As always, y'all know where to find me. My link is going to be on my Facebook, like I said at the beginning. And of course, anywhere that you get your your podcast, you can find me. I thank y'all again for the listens. Also, let me say this real quick. I love women's sports. I love all of it, and not in a misogynistic way. I love women's sports. Uh, so those who are saying those wokeism stuffs, those are the ones who hate women's sports. Those are the ones who are trying to ruin women's sports. I am with them. I stand with them. And like I started saying on my last episode two weeks ago, hey, do whatever you can to bring awareness to Uh, child trafficking that's a real thing it's not something that you can sweep under the rug or the media can keep sweeping under the rug and it just actually go away it's a legit true thing that goes on and those of you who live in louisiana uh, you probably didn't even know that louisiana uh, per capita is the highest in the nation of child trafficking and uh, so it needs to be brought to light you may not be able to do anything yourself Uh, you may not be able to go save some kids But you can bring awareness to it that can be able to get somebody else to save some kids. And God bless those kids. God bless America. Have mercy on us, God. But, you know, bring awareness to it, and God bless you all. Talk to you next time. Thanks for the listen.